Do you have questions? Do you need answers? The Pastor Study will help you find those answers through God's Word. Our teacher today is Pastor Tom Brock. The Pastor Study is sponsored by pastorstudy.org. So grab your Bible and join us for The Pastor Study. Welcome to the Pastor's Study. This is going to be a sad half an hour program. I'm a Lutheran. I'm rather ashamed to be a Lutheran today. Let me tell you what happened if you didn't hear the whole story. A few weeks ago in August, the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America met in their National Assembly here in downtown Minneapolis. At 2 o'clock on Wednesday, they were slated to begin their discussion on the new sex statement blessing and affirming homosexual behavior. And at 2 o'clock on Wednesday, that same day, out of nowhere, a tornado came. No meteorologist was predicting this. The tornado pulled top part of the roof off of the convention center where the Lutherans were meeting, and across the street, the tornado tore the cross down from the top of Central Lutheran Church where the homosexual lobby was having their worship services for the week to lobby the convention. The tornado also tore up the beer tents that were set up on Central Lutheran's lawn to serve to the Lutheran convention. Right on time, and I'm thinking, there's a God in heaven. So they went ahead and they had their vote, and in spite of the tornado, they passed it, that now there's going to be practicing homosexual pastors in the ELCA. And do you know what percentage it passed by? 66.6%. Hello? <laughs> and how did the homosexuals interpret the tornado? They said, quote, this is Good Soil's website, could it have been the mighty wind of the Holy Spirit? <laughs> Talk about missing the point. Well, again, these are hard days to be a Lutheran. And what I want to do for this program is to ask the question, what happened? And it's not just the Lutheran Church, the Presbyterian Church, and the United Church of Christ. John Calvin, Jonathan Edwards would be the forefathers of those denominations, and those churches have become horrible. They used to be good churches preaching the gospel. Today you can be a UCC pastor and deny the Trinity, and the Presbyterian Church USA and the UCC have horrible pro-abortion social statements. And the UCC led the way on ordaining practicing homosexuals. Let's look at the Episcopal Church. The Episcopal Church has the most beautiful prayer book ever written, the Book of Common Prayer. The Episcopal Church has been known for its beautiful worship and liturgy. And, same thing, uh, the Episcopal Church in America or has decided to install practicing homosexual bishops, etc., etc. So, same thing, they're also very pro-abortion. Let's talk about the Lutherans. The Lutheran Church was founded on sola scriptura, a Latin phrase meaning the Bible alone is our final authority, not our feelings. And if you saw that Lutheran convention, it was all feeling-based. How will this make people feel? Well, for a Lutheran, your final authority is not your opinion or your feelings. It's the written Word of God. At least, it used to be. <clears throat> 
Like I said, this week, the, uh, recently, the ELCA voted to ordain impenitent practicing homosexuals. Did you know this? For years now, the ELCA has paid for abortions for any reason with offering dollars in the church's health care plan. Abortion for any reason. And the ELCA now, if you go to their website, believes in what's called universalism, the ancient heresy that everybody goes to heaven, whether you believe in Jesus or not. And do you know what I, this was spoken at the convention, I didn't realize this. In the 21-year history of the ELCA, they have reduced missionaries in the field by 60%. Well, that makes sense. If, if everybody's going to, head, head to heaven anyway, let's bring the missionaries home. So um, what, what I need to do is ask the question for this, this program. What happened? You know, uh, how did these once biblical churches become heretical nests? Like I say on, on our radio show and this TV show, this ain't my grandma's Lutheran church. My grandmother would not believe this of her Lutheran church. So what I want to do, let's do the best I can to try to explain how did we get here. Let's open with prayer. Father, we want to pray for the many ELCA Lutherans in the Twin Cities area that I would pray, Lord, this will wake them up and that millions across the country would leave that denomination for a more biblical church. Lord, there are many good Missouri Synod, the uh, Free Lutherans, various Lutheran branches that still believe in the scriptures. We would pray that you would just funnel people out of the heretical churches into good churches. And Lord, we pray your Holy Spirit will speak to us now about what has happened. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, first let me share the bad news about the churches today and then the good news about the church today. First, the bad news. Piece of bad news number one. When a church abandons scriptures, it slowly dies. I mean, look at the United Church of Christ, look at the Episcopal Church, the ELCA Lutheran Church, the United Methodist Church, the, um, uh, the mainline Protestant denominations have become sideline denominations. They have shrunk incredibly in the last 40 years. Let's just pick the, the Church of President Obama, the United Church of Christ. The United Church of Christ today has 1.2 million members. Back in the 60s, it had almost twice that. They shrunk by half. The United Church of Christ is the fastest declining, most liberal of all the Protestant churches. And again, they were the first major denomination to proudly endorse same-sex marriage. And um, since they did that, 200 more congregations have left that denomination. So my point is, when a church abandons scripture, it slowly but surely loses member because when people go to church, they kind of like a church that believes in something. <laughs> There's an old saying, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. That is mainline Protestantism. They're falling for everything. My prayer for the ELCA Lutheran Church, and I was part of the ELCA for many years, my prayer has always been, Lord, don't let them ordain practicing homosexuals. Now that they've done it, I've got a new prayer. Lord, may people finally wake up and may millions of people leave that denomination. Next part of the bad news. When a church abandons Christ as the only Savior, the mission is gone. 
Again, if everybody's going to heaven, let's bring the missionaries home. And this is happening in the uh, Presbyterian Church USA, the Episcopal Church, the United Church of Christ, the uh, Methodist Church, and the ELCA. They used to have lots of missionaries. That has shrunk. But you've got to find something to do with your money and talents now as a church. So you know what the new mission of, of many mainline churches is? Peace and justice issues, which means liberal politics. So you go to ELCA.org, you punch on news releases, and you see the head bishop, Bishop Mark Hansen, make political pronouncement after political pronouncement after political pronouncement. This last summer, the ELCA had its big teen convention in, or in New Orleans called Jesus, Jazz, and Justice. And uh, they were taught how to save the environment. And here, Head Bishop Mark Hansen says to the teenagers at the con youth convention, go home, brothers and sisters, and get rid of injustice. Hansen told the youth to combat, combat racism in the church, to protect all of God's creation through sustainability, etc. And I'm thinking, did he forget something? How about kids go home and save the lost? Talk to your friends about Jesus. I've read a lot of things by Mark Hansen. I've never once heard him say that we need to preach Christ to save people from eternal hell. He doesn't talk in those terms. But let's get the kids to save the environment. If you lose fact, sight of the fact that Jesus is the only Savior, you've lost your mission and you get into politics, I guess. Last bit of bad news of the church. When a church can't name the name of God, it does not deserve to exist. I, when I was in the ELCA, my bishop got up to open the convention at Augsburg College. I opened our convention in the name of the Father, Mother, Son, and Holy Spirit. <laughs> well, that's not the way Jesus taught us who God is. And, and I will tell you... Um, I heard a theologian say, when you become ashamed of the name of our God, you've become ashamed of God. And, and the bad news is, the ELCA, if you have their new red hymnal in your church, you'll, if, and you turn to the back where they have all the psalms of the Old Testament, they've desexed all the psalms. They've gotten rid of all the masculine pronouns for God. They've got a, a hymn in there called, Mothering God, You Gave Me Birth. Jesus taught us to pray, Our Father who art in heaven, I think he knows more about God than the ELCA. The, that's the bad news. How did we get here to sum up? By abandoning scripture, by losing the sight of the fact that Jesus is the only Savior, and in some quarters by even being ashamed of Father, Son, Holy Spirit language. Now here's a woman who becomes a Christian. She goes to the office and a co-worker says, well, what's the difference now between you and me now that you're a Christian? And the woman responded, one letter. You love the world. I love the word. That's what's happened to mainline churches. They have fallen in love with the world and they've forgotten the word. That's the bad news. Let me share with you now, there is good news in the church today. Number one, here's the good news. Churches that follow scripture are being blessed. Listen to this verse from 1 Samuel 2. Those who honor me, I will honor, and those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. The biggest churches in America are not these mainline liberal Protestant denominations, which are shrinking. The big church, I mean, just think in the Twin Cities here. The huge churches here are North Heights, 
which is Lutheran, but it's independent, uh, Bethlehem Baptist, uh, Grace of Eden Prairie, um, or Wooddale Church. It's these either big Baptist-type churches or Pentecostal-type churches. Those are the churches that are huge. Why? Because they still believe in the Bible. <laughs> Next part of the good news of the church today is this. Look overseas. I know someone who teaches at my seminary, Luther Theological Seminary, and ELCA Seminary in St. Paul. By the way, I've said this before, I'll say it again. According to my friend, much less than half of our professors at Luther believe in the virgin birth of Christ. It's in the Bible. It's in the creeds. But anyway, I was bewailing to him the state of the church, and he said to me, Tom, you've got to look overseas. Yes, Christianity is dying in America. In Africa, Christians are taken over. Parts of Asia that have never been touched. The gospel is spreading throughout Asia. It's really spreading throughout Africa. So the good news is, look overseas. There's still a God. <laughs> and one more uh, bit of good news. The true church of Jesus Christ will endure to the end. Here's what Jesus said in Matthew 16. I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now you can read that and ask, but wait a minute, isn't hell running parts of the church? <laughs> well, that's true. But what I think Jesus means is the true church of Christ will endure to the end. Which means, it doesn't mean that there won't be persecution in the church. It doesn't mean that there won't be heretics running parts of the church. But if you're a true believer in Christ, you will have other true believers with you in the church, the invisible church, till the end of time. So, let's summarize. Here's the good news. The good news is biblical churches in America are growing. And the other part of the good news is they're really growing overseas. And the other part of the good news is, even if we get persecuted in America and heresy is everywhere, if you're truly a Christian, you'll always have somebody to be in a true church with until the end of time. Let me just close with this. Somebody asked uh, a pastor, how many members do you have in your church? Well, we have a thousand members. Oh, really? How many of them are active? Well, all of them are active person said, really? You've got a thousand people in your church and all of them are active? The pastor said, yes. About 500 are active for the Lord and the other 500 are active for the devil. My help for you watching this TV show, if you're a part of a church that is active for the devil, even if you love the people there and your mother goes there, if you're in a church that is paying for abortions with offering dollars, that is now blessing what God has, has said is sin, if you're in a church that can't even say Jesus is the only Savior anymore, I know it'll be hard, but for the sake of your soul, get out of that church, join a church that is not active for the devil, join a church that's active for the Lord, and take your offering dollars and go there. Amen. Welcome to the portion of the pastor study where we now ask Pastor Brock to share with us his knowledge of scripture and his insights to answer questions we have regarding the Bible, our Lord, and our everyday walk with him. Pastor Brock, let's go on about what happened at the ELCA convention. First of all, what are the conservatives saying about the decision that the ELCA voted? Let me quote Robert Benny. He's a Lutheran theologian, an ELCA theologian, who is so grieved by this. And here's, here's the paragraph. Let me just read a paragraph that he wrote for Christianity Today. 
Militant feminism, multiculturalism, anti-racism, anti-heterosexism, anti-imperialism, that's anti-America, and now ecology have become the center, while the classic Christian gospel has been pushed to the periphery. There is no authoritative biblical or theological stance in the church. There are only many voices. The 2009 assembly legitimized those many voices by adapting a bound conscience principle according to which anyone claiming a sincerely held conviction about any doctrine must be respected. The truth of the Bible has been reduced to sincerely held opinion. I don't know if you caught that. What was big at the convention that got this thing through? Your bound conscience, Jackie, tells you that gay sex is sin. My bound conscience tells me it's fine. I have to respect your bound conscience, and you have to respect my bound conscience, and that is what passed at the convention. Whatever happened to sola scriptura? Jackie, my conscience can be wrong. If I want to go out tonight and fornicate with five different women, my conscience will find a good reason for it. Conscience can be sin cluttered. The scriptures, not my conscience, is my final, final saying. And so what they came up with at the convention is you can be an ELCA Lutheran and be for gay pastors, and you can be against them. Both are equally valid. Let me, now, your question was, what are conservatives saying? Albert Moeller is a Baptist. He hit the nail on the head. Let me, let me quote him just real quickly. The claim that these two contradictory understandings of the Bible's teaching on homosexuality can coexist and be recognized as equally faithful to the Bible is nonsense. Those pressing for the normalization of homosexuality must put the scriptures through hoop after hoop of theological acrobatics. The, the claim that a church can both condemn and bless homosexual relationships with equal faithfulness falls on its face. Worst of all, it has eternal consequences. These are helping people go to hell, these kind of decisions. Should homosexuals repent of their sin or come to church for the blessing of their sin? There can be no multiple choice answer to that. Woe to those, the LCA, who cloak their decisions with the guise of faithfulness. That's what conservatives now are saying about what happened here. Pastor Brock, how are pastors handling this? I've had a couple of calls from people. One person said, they asked their minister if he was going to preach about what the ELCA mm -hmm. had done. And he said, no, he wasn't. That he felt if you wanted to have a dialogue with him about it, you come and talk to him. But he didn't want to God preach about him. it. God forgive him. And That's, what, this is what we're getting, Jackie. Pastors who don't want to rock the boat, and let's just not talk about it. I'll talk about it privately. Their church has destroyed, is destroying the Christian gospel. Does the gospel transform a human life or not? And they're not willing to talk about what they've done? Let, let, I want to show, let me give you uh, two different answers to your question. All right, what are pastors doing about this? God bless Hosanna Lutheran Church down in Lakeville, the second largest ELCA church in the country. Let me read to you what their senior pastor wrote to Bishop Rogness of the St. Paul uh, Synod, who was pushing for the gay changes. He was in favor of the gay changes. Dear Bishop Rogness, we strongly disagree with the decisions made. We do not feel the actions represent the beliefs of the majority of the ELCA, but rather a small faction of the denomination, politically well-organized, driven by their personal agenda. These actions are biblically indefensible. Many are asking, when are we leaving the ELCA? Part of my response has been, they have left us. We will now explore affiliation with other Lutheran groups, etc. Finally, I need to tell you, we are going to suspend immediately all financial support to the St. Paul Area Synod and the ELCA. So there are some churches that are talking like this. On the other hand, uh, I'm going to push this. If you go to YouTube and type in ELCA and then the next word Brock, B-R-O-C-K, we have two eight-minute 
videos on YouTube that a lot of people are watching on why we left the ELC some years ago. And we're getting all kinds of people responding to it. This woman says, Dear Pastor, this is from South Dakota, Pastor Brock, please pray for us. Our pastor does not seem to be upset by this decision. He tells us to just have patience. But patience for what? He cannot and does not tell us to have patience for. Jackie, right after this decision, I went up to Glenwood near Alexandria mm -hmm. to visit an old friend. He's driving me in his golf cart around the neighborhood. We pull up in front of this house with this, I don't know, 65-year-old man who goes to the big ELCA church in Glenwood. And my buddy Dean says, well, Joe, um, what do you think about the ELCA decision? Oh, well, well, well. And I said, I didn't know him. I said, well, Joe, I'm a Lutheran pastor. This is grievous to me. Dean says, well, do you think people will leave your church? Oh, maybe if you will. And we drove away, and I said, I said, Dean, what would it take to get that guy upset? If they denied the Trinity at his church, would he mind? And Jackie, what we've got here is the frog in the kettle syndrome. You know the illustration. Mm -hmm. You take a frog and put it into a boiling pot of water, the frog jumps out. But you put it in a boil, if you put it in a cold pan of water, slowly heat up the, the water, the, the frog will boil itself to death. I think... Lutherans who would have jumped like this out of the Lutheran church some years ago had they done what they did at the convention this summer. They have had a lot of bishops. They've had a lot of liberal pastors, slowly but surely. They don't know that they've lost, lost the truth. Okay, as long as you're talking about bishops and that, then what is coming out of the ELCA hierarchy right now uh, about the decision? Are, right. they, are they saying anything Let, positive? Let's talk about the spin control. All right, so... Uh, bishop Mark Hansen, who's the head bishop, he's very liberal. They make a decision that contradicts Scripture and 2,000 years of Christian teaching. They're understandably nervous because a lot of the Lutherans, actually, the lay people anyway, still believe in the Bible. So are they going to lose members? Are they going to lose money? Well, talk about shooting themselves in the foot. You're not going to be able to see the picture here, but if you go to the ELCA website, they, sh they have a picture of two homosexual pastors. They're partners with their arms around each other, so thrilled now that both of them can be clergy now that uh, they've changed the rule. And so you wouldn't think, if you wanted to keep people in the church, you'd, you'd put, put this picture. picture up. But listen to the past. Talk about not having a clue. Lutheran pastor sees people returning to church following the assembly. Reverend Bradley Schmeling, this pastor that had been kicked out, but now he's back, and receiving letters and stories of Lutherans returning to church after many years away after the actions. Quote, even my own partner's sister's family intends to return to an ELCA congregation. Now, Jackie, the truth is, the UCC, the Episcopal Church, when you do, what, and now the ELCA, when you do this kind of thing, you lose tons of people, tons of money. But here's what the uh, website of the ELCA says. Um, uh, uh, Smelling said the most powerful moment for him at the churchwide assembly was when Darren, his lover, turned to me and said, now I can come home, meaning I can be a pastor again. Let, let me give you a little more spin control on what's coming out of the hierarchy. Pro providing clarity on what happened at the convention, Reverend Kenneth Kimball of Iowa said we should avoid knee-jerk reactions. In other words, don't leave. Uh, Reverend Lois Pete of California, there will be some grief that needs to be spoken to, but we must, we must be open to change that comes with grief, rejoicing also for the gay couples. Um, Reverend Bill Molden of Michigan, get this, for the majority of congregations, the decision will not alter life together on local levels. In other words, this isn't going to affect us. If we, we don't have to take a gay pastor, so this really doesn't affect us. Your money is going to this denomination. 
And then the Reverend Mark Hansen called the congregations to embrace those who are rejoicing and those who are lamenting. We meet one another finally, not in our agreements or disagreements, but at the foot of the cross. We are one in Christ. The new mantra is, it doesn't matter, Jackie, what you believe about these things, abortion, if, if we should pay for it with offering dollars, whether Jesus is the only way to heaven, uh, whether gay sex is good, all that doesn't matter. Let's just hold hands and say we're one in Christ and sing Kumbaya. My response is, which Christ? The Christ that calls us to repent from sin or the Christ that tells us to live in sin and feel good about it. The second one does not exist. So that is some of the spin control going on. Pastor Brock, do you think that many of the churches in the ELCA will actually leave? That's my prayer, Jackie. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm heartened because I can tell you of one, two, three, four churches in the Twin Cities that are rather large that are really talking about leaving. I hope that's happening nationally. I don't know if it is or not. More, what you hear, I'm afraid, is going to be the case is churches will just distance themselves from the ELCA. They keep paying their money, and, but they just will pretend that the ELCA is not the liberal mess that it is because grandma goes to this church. And so, you know, that's too bad. You're, I'll say this your lo loyalty is not even to grandma. Your first loyalty is to Jesus Christ. Does he want you going to a church that pays for abortions? with offering dollars, a church that can't even see the website that you need to believe in Jesus to be saved anymore. That, I think my prayer is, my hope is, millions will leave the ELCA after this. You know, Pastor Brock, are the more conservative synods getting inquiries they from certainly, the churches? The How phones about? are ringing off the hook. We left the ELCA a number of years ago over the abortion payments. That was part of the reason we left and we joined the Association of Free Lutheran Congregations. You know, Jackie, it's some turmoil. It was hard on us, but it wasn't horrible, and we made it. And we, what you have to do is you have to have two votes with two-thirds each and like three months in between, and then you vote and you get out. We got, what, 94% of the people wanted to leave the ELCA when we left. We joined the Association of Free Lutheran Congregations, wonderful bunch of biblical evangelical Christians who would not dream of doing what the ELCA does. Or you could go Missouri Synod. Uh, there's a Wisconsin Synod that's extremely conservative. But I love the Free Church, uh, was, uh, Missouri Synod. Also, there's this thing called Lutheran Churches in Mission for Christ, LCMC. It's a new group that is formed to help people get out of the ELCA into their new denomination. Well, Pastor Brock, my last question regarding this is should, what should our prayer be for people who are struggling with this? Because shouldn't we yeah. be, as Christians, praying for them? We should be. In fact, let's close with prayer. Let me just pray for these people. And my, I, I know it's hard. It was hard for us, but it's harder to stay. I, I have to sleep at night. How these pastors can get, I mean, just as coming to church today, somebody said, yeah, the, the, the woman pastor at her ELCA church didn't say a word about this the whole month after it happened. And I'm thinking, how can she, you know, how can you live with yourself? So, you know, can we just pray? My hope is, if you're an ELCA Lutheran, time to jump ship. Not, don't be that frog in the kettle. Let's pray. Let's just take a moment. God, we want to pray. This was such a horrible decision that came down, but you, you allowed it for a reason. And I think the reason is to finally wake people up. Father, we would pray the frog in the kettle syndrome will not reach many people, but we would pray millions of people not only in the ELCA, but in the UCC, the Episcopal Church, the Presbyterian Church USA, that they will leave these denominations with their money and take their Thank money. Thank you for tuning in to the pastor's stuff.
we ask, would you pray for our ministry as we seek to spread the good news of salvation through Jesus Christ? And would you pray about supporting this ministry? Our address is The Pastor Study, 5200 Emerson Avenue North, Minneapolis, Minnesota, 55430. Our website is pastorstudy.org. And our phone number is 763-260-4484. May God richly bless you and join us next week at the same time as we study God's Word. Until then, may the blessing of our one triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you.